Good afternoon and welcome to the Council of American Ambassadors Roundtable discussion with Ambassador Scott Brown and Ambassador Joseph Sella. I'm Kathleen Sheehan, the Executive Director of the Council. Um, two brief housekeeping notes before we get started. First, we're going to be recording today's session and posting it on our website so that people who could not join live can watch it later. And second, we strongly encourage questions from the audience. So to submit a question, all you have to do is go to the Q&A box and type in your question and we'll get to that. And so with that, I'm very happy to turn the floor over to one of our newest members of the council and that is Ambassador A.B. Calvahouse. He recently spoke to the council about his recent service in Australia and he's back today to be the moderator for this talk. So Ambassador Calvahouse, I turn the floor to you. Well, thanks, Kathleen, and welcome to everyone. I'll, my, uh, I'll exercise the moderator's uh, privilege and will be uh, brief. Uh, and uh, because we, uh, as Ed Sullivan says, we have a really great show. Uh, the, uh, if you look at uh, the strategically important uh, region uh, described as Oceania, there are 14 countries, uh, member uh, nations, the United Nations, and between Scott Brown and Joe Sella, uh, they, uh, they represented the United States in seven of those countries. Uh, I'll introduce uh, both of them and then we'll turn the floor over to Scott. Uh, uh, Scott uh, was uh, served as ambassador to uh, New Zealand and Samoa from 2017 to 2020. Uh, he has a long history of public service, uh, notably uh, having served as United States Senator from Massachusetts uh, and in uh, uh, the uh, Massachusetts legislature. Uh, he currently is Dean of the uh, New England uh, Law uh, Boston. Uh, he also had innovative uh, diplomacy, including uh, reaching out to the people of New Zealand with, uh, with a rock band. And uh, uh, he uh, uh, and was pretty uh, famous, if not infamous for that. And, uh, uh, I, I think it was well received, I am told, by the New Zealand High Commissioner in Australia. Uh, Joe Sella uh, is, uh, serves, uh, served uh, as ambassador to Fiji, Kiribati, Nauru, uh, Tonga, and Tuvalu uh, from 2019 to 2021. Uh, prior to his service, he managed a number of, uh, of uh, political campaigns and uh, served as a senior advisor to the House Republican Steering Committee and the Republican uh, Policy uh, Committee. Uh, so uh, with that brief introduction, Scott, uh, why don't you lead off? Well, first of all, A.B., thank you. Kathleen, Jocelyn, it's great to be with you and CAA and obviously my good friend, uh, Joe, and obviously A.B. Uh, first of all, uh, welcome everybody. It looks like we're turning the corner on COVID. And uh, quite frankly, I wanna thank uh, President Trump for accelerating uh, getting the vaccine. And I wanna commend uh, President uh, Biden and his team for actually getting it in the arms. Uh, obviously it was a joint team effort and that's one of the ways that we actually, I think are going to be miles ahead of many, many other countries. As many of you know, I, I've met some of you and others I haven't. I, I'm a political appointee like AB and Joe. Uh, I was fortunate enough, I got out in the middle of June of 17, so I'm the second longest, uh, I was the second longest serving ambassador behind Israel, and uh, I think about a year, year and a half ahead of uh, Joe and, and AB, so I was the sole representative of the United States in that part of the world uh, for quite a, quite a long time. As a result, EAP, uh, I was the sole person on their radar, so they were constantly barraging me with, you know, requests and administrative stuff, but it, it was certainly well worth it. I had as A.B. said, New Zealand, Cook, Niue, Samoa, and our interest in Antarctica. Uh, I was fortunate enough to actually go to Antarctic, uh, Antarctica and actually I was reading Shackleton's biography and in his hut when he was talking about his biography. So that was, that was pretty cool. And obviously it, it did, never got dark. So being at the gym at 10, 11 o'clock at night and saying, okay, what do I do now when it's really time to go to bed was, was really surreal. And to have that opportunity is, for, is from somebody who's Mom and dad were married and divorced four times each, 17 houses by the time I was 18, mom on welfare, a lot of violence. You know, to think that I had an opportunity to be an ambassador representing our great country, it's truly an honor, which anyone and everyone listening who has served uh, understands that great, great honor. Um, it, it's, it's interesting. I find that um, one of the challenges working as a political appointee and or as working as an ambassador, whether your career or political, is the State Department has this really great phrase. 
when you want to try to get something done, you want to kind of think outside the box and that's no, 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 no. I heard that all the time. And the more they said it, the more focused and razor sharp me and my team got to use the rules and find a, find a way to get to yes. To the point when the final year of my term, they were just like, yeah, what do you want? We, we don't want to fight anymore. And quite frankly, that's the mentality that we have to break down in politics and in government. For example, I'm a firm believer that any president, regardless of their political party, should have the ability to have his or her uh, tools and resources and assets at their disposal immediately. Because while we're kind of fooling around with the political games as evidenced by what happened at uh, Joe and, 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 and AB, uh, you know, China and other countries are, are there, they're working, they're working overtime. And then when we get out there, we're behind the eight ball and we have to work three times as hard and we really shouldn't have to. Uh, so I'm a strong proponent of giving the president the tools to do his or her job. And it's critically important for our, our world security, our, 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 our peace and position around the world. Now I chose, I could have gone anywhere in, in, the, in the world. I was one of the first mainstream people to endorse the president. Uh, and I chose to go to New Zealand and I wanted to go to a five eyes country. And obviously AB was there as well. Uh, you know, US, Canada, Great Britain, Australia, New Zealand, you know, they share, and as some of you may or may not know, they share, gather, uh, try to figure out any and all issues re relating to our national security, cybersecurity, uh, war on terror, a human drug and child trafficking, what's happening in the Indo-Pacific, the influence of rogue actors uh, and political actors and country actors to basically dominate that part of the world and the world itself. I wanted to be part of the action. I wanted to go to a country, quite frankly, that was small enough that I really wouldn't have a chance to screw it up too badly. And as you know, New Zealand's 5 million people, uh, there's five times more sheep than people, a couple of islands, uh, Cook and Nui, small uh, islands, Samoa, one of the leaders in that region, but still a small island. And they all had challenges. I was there in, a, I think, a very unique time. As you know, Christchurch happened in New Zealand. It was one of the first times they've ever had a terrorist strike like that. I remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, the president immediately, uh, immediately called, and we worked with our secret services to get New Zealand the tools and resources they need to make sure, okay, is this a one-off? Is there another wave? Is, are there more people involved? Like, what's next? And so we did that. Then we had actually the, the White Island volcanoes where we had tourists on, on a ship. They went to visit a volcano and they erupted and they died instantly. And then obviously in Samoa, we had uh, a nurse uh, screwed up on the vaccines and almost uh, 90 young kids died. And we had to obviously deal with the fallout of that. And then you obviously had the earthquakes that we had on a regular basis. And then you throw in the pandemic and then you throw in what's happening with the elections and what China's trying to do in the region and what Iran and North Korea are doing. It, it, was, it was a lot of work. People say, oh, you went to New Zealand to golf and uh, like do triathlons. Well, I don't golf, but I did do plenty of triathlons. And AB was right, I use rock and roll. I, you know, Because what do we all agree on? Music, sports, family, and food. Uh, to neutralize, quite frankly, a lot of the rhetoric coming out of Washington and the dysfunction of Washington, I was able to find that common base that enabled us to have great conversations. I was the only person that's ever uh, been in New Zealand that, that made a point to visit with each and every MP, 120 of them. I went to their offices. I had each and every one of them over to my house for a two-on-two -two dinner. I met all the previous and present prime ministers and ministers. And I treated it like I was running for prime minister, almost like a political campaign to make sure that we touched the hearts and minds of every political leader and every business leader and every citizen we could to having open backyard barbecues with four, five, 600 people in the middle of a pandemic when no one else could really do anything. So it was, it was, it was really very, very effective. And as a result, was able to work on the Kiwi Act, which is an investment trader visa that they tried to get for 30 years. We did it in nine months. And it passed unanimously in the House and Senate. So when you think that they can't do things in Washington, well, they haven't been lately, but they did then. And then New Zealand has the 13th space agency in the world. Uh, they have Rocket Lab, Leo Lab, and they're doing launches every two weeks now. Uh, obviously, something with NASA, it's an American company, intimately involved in that, getting America, America's Cup over to New Zealand, getting all our movies and businesses in in the middle of a pandemic. And, and all while the New Zealand government said, no, no, no. We said, yes, yes, yes. And we found a way to do it. And I, I think in, in retrospect, the biggest challenge with government and serving in the government is the, is the fact that they don't want to take chance. A lot of the career 
diplomats and the career uh, uh, service officers, they're afraid to, they're not given the tools to be able to step outside their comfort zone or, or really take a calculated risk, also it'll hurt them in their evaluations and their career could be snuffed out. Me, I don't care, what are they gonna do, send me home? You know, whatever. Um, so we have that flexibility to take more chances and I think sometimes potentially get things done quicker and more effectively and, and maybe just done, period. I just wanna share two stories that I think are representative of my experience in dealing with bureaucracy and also just my, being humbled by our peers. The first story is I was, I always go, when I go to the White House, I would always get there early, just like in every political campaign, I would always go early to see if somebody was out there to you know, do the gotcha thing or who someone gonna you know, hammer me or just do something crazy. I was always there early. So I, I would always get to the White House early. And as you all know that, that middle room where they go back and forth from the president's area to the, you know, the meeting rooms and back and forth. And I'm sitting there and I tried for a month to get the deputy prime minister and his team in to see the vice president. And he had already seen him two or three other times. They're very close. And I couldn't cut through the, the handlers. I just couldn't, I, I, and I'm pretty good. And so I said, you know, I'm going to get there early and maybe I'll run into the vice president. Well, don't you know, the vice president comes out. I go, Mr. Vice President, he goes, Scotty, how are you, sir? I said, sir, I'm doing great. Sir, may I just say something? Uh, uh, I think you're doing an amazing job and I just want to thank you for that. He goes, well, Scott, I pray for you every night. I said, sir, I pray for you every night. And you know what I was praying last night, sir? I was praying that I would meet you right here today and that you would tell your handlers that you would meet tomorrow for five to 10 minutes with the deputy prime minister of New Zealand. He goes, Winston, of course I'm gonna meet with Winston. Who told Scotty that you couldn't meet with me? And then they're all going like this and you know, threw him under the bus. And don't you know, the next day we had not only the meeting for half an hour, the vice president uh, walked the prime minister down the stairs, opened the door, gave him a big hug, now, if you want to talk about country relations and how that benefits a small country like New Zealand, off the charts. The other, the other uh, situation is I was, uh, we were going to our conferences and our training and we were back, it was before COVID hit and I went to the area where we eat the State Department and I think some of my colleagues are listening to this one. I went up to a bunch of ambassadors, I had no idea who they were. And I walked up, I said, hi, I'm Scott Brown. And, you know, I'm Scott Brown. I didn't tell him where I'm from. And, and I said, where are you? He said, oh, I'm in Chad, I'm in Mogadishu, I'm in Sierra Leone, I'm in, you know, all the really kind of difficult troubled spots. And, and I said so this, to the ambassador from Mogadishu, I said, so can you tell me about your residence? Like, wh where do you live? Do you have like a chef and drivers and, you know, do you, are you able to go out and run and do all this stuff? I said, oh my God, Scotty, I have a fantastic place. It's amazing, you know, we just got it all redone. I go, really, what was it like? He goes, well, we uh, reinforced the concrete and the barbed wire and we put in basically mortar catchers. So in case the mortars would come daily, uh, we're trying to would, would kill us. We'd at least have a fighting chance And the snipers. You know, we have an ability to, you know, hopefully hide the, from the snipers. He said, but that's not all. We have the most amazing beach in the world. It's really dropped dead gorgeous. And on the right and on the left, there's, an, um, there's, there's a fence because, you know, security is important. I go, oh, of course. I said, do you get to swim in that? They said, oh, my God, you could definitely swim in that. Uh, the only problem is uh, if you even walked within six feet of the, the, the edge of the ocean, the tiger sharks would basically jump up, grab you, and kill you. I said, but other than that, it's a beautiful place. I said, well, what do you eat? He says, I have rice and beans three times a day. And you know what? It was at that. And he said, oh, and then he said, uh, Scotty, where are you serving? I go, I go New, New Zealand. He goes, where? I go. <clears throat> New Zealand, because oh, Scott's in New Zealand. Everybody, Scott's in New Zealand with his drivers and his, you know. So it, what it did though, it made me realize how lucky we are to have people who serve in these places. Quite frankly, they're deep in deep trouble right now. And that's why I feel it's so important to have strong diplomacy so we can fight back against the, the terrorist and criminal elements that are out there trying to change not only our way of life, but the way of life for people who need our help. So AB, with that, I'm gonna turn it on uh, over to Joe Sella. Joe, it's, it's great to see you. I look forward to listening to you and we look forward to taking all of your questions. So cheers. Scott, thank you, AB, thank you. Uh, thank you to uh, Kathleen and the uh, CAA team, uh, it's a, a to be uh, with you all, colleagues, former colleagues and friends. Um, I guess uh, I'd first like to thank uh, President Trump for nominating me and the, and the leadership of all my colleagues at the embassy and, and the State Department. And uh, 
And uh, really to uh, Scott and AB, um, as it's uh, the adage of leaders lead the way, Scott and AB are uniquely so uh, uh, grateful for them uh, uh, being there to uh, be turned to on uh, uh, a few instances, uh, uh, dispensing pearls of wisdom and uh, our, our friendship will always uh, remain strong uh, for which I'm, I'm grateful. Uh, so uh, I, I guess I would like to take a, a little bit of a, a retrospective on our journey. Scott uh, spoke to uh, uh, the long runway that uh, AB and I had uh, uh, and uh, I think the longer the runway, uh, uh, whatever the administration, whatever the party, our, our role, our unique and hallowed role we play uh, in the world uh, suffers. Uh, so I, I will always make the case again, whatever the party that we should have our successors out there as quickly as possible. The world is not getting any uh, less complicated. Uh, there was about a two year gap uh, between uh, the departure of my predecessor, uh, Ambassador Judith Sefkin and uh, my arrival to post. Uh, it involved the renomination, uh, but an honor and a blessing, a privilege and a joy to serve. And uh, when the opportunity came to serve, uh, I discerned and prayed, talked to my wife, and uh, uh, Fiji was uh, a unique opportunity. Where to lead if you're leading the way then in a uh, country uh, where, uh, whose uh, bedrock and principles that guide her uh, align with uh, how you live and how you, uh, as, as, uh, as an individual with your family, and uh, Fiji uh, was, uh, was the call. And uh, uh, many uh, beautiful principles are enshrined in their founding documents and all of the other countries for that matter. Uh, Judeo-Christian highlighted in their mottos and their national anthems uh, and uh, uh, so much uh, beautifully in common and that, that bore a great fruit. Uh, family life is uh, very important to them. Uh, my wife, uh, Kristen and I, uh, uh, have seven children, four boys and three girls. You can imagine the scene of entering business class with seven children, uh, ages uh, 15 to two. Uh, and uh, it was a scene out of a movie, but uh, all went smoothly uh, thereafter. Uh, and uh, it, it was really an integral part of my engagement uh, with all countries and uh, uh, an extension of who I am and who I have always been as a bridge builder, uh, which uh, I, I uh, with Kristen and the children uh, and my colleagues at the embassy to build and fortify bridges to our allies and partners uh, in the region. Uh, it was uh, a imperative uh, to hit the ground, um, obviously not knowing the pandemic was afoot, uh, with great focus and intentionality. Uh, you, you can see that uh, without a chief the embassy, relations uh, do uh, uh, take an impact. Uh, uh, and uh, the embassy takes an impact. It affects morale, I, I think, focus and energy and drive. The relationship with the administration certainly uh, uh, helps. Uh, so uh, making up for lost time and uh, took about 30 days to settle in. Uh, and, uh, and again, with my, my colleagues, they uh, uh, linked arms with me and, and, and we charged off, uh, accomplishing uh, many great things uh, amidst the pandemic uh, uh, in, uh, in, in the uh, time that I served. Um, proud to say that uh, uh, the Ministry of For Foreign Affairs uh, from one of the countries I was, I was accredited to uh, uh, said that um, I don't say this pridefully in the least, it was unsolicited and, and, and took me aback, got choked up a little bit, but he said, uh, your approach to diplomacy uh, transformed diplomacy in Fiji and took it to a, a level that it has never been at. Uh, again, I couldn't have done that without my colleagues, uh, but uh, it, uh, especially in light of the pandemic, I, I, I really geared up uh, doing many things uh, uh, virtually, but moreover, uh, uniting with my uh, the allies and partners, the Five Eyes allies and partners that we do have there. Canada is not there, but uh, uh, sees it as a moment to uh, build some bridges where there's uh, much commonality uh, emanating from the Quad uh, to uh, 
uh, host events um, and uh, a great opportunity to fly the flag of the United States of America and, and her principles. Uh, again, Scott spoke of uh, winning the hearts and minds. Uh, uh, my first consultation was with my uh, Japanese counterpart, the former ambassador, uh, Masa Omura. Uh, uh, and it, it was intentional um, and beautifully symbolic as well. Uh, our sworn enemy uh, during World War II in the Pacific, uh, that was the 75th uh, uh, anniversary to uh, uh, we celebrated the uh, conclusion of, the, of, uh, of uh, the war in the Pacific. And uh, I humbly went to him. I said, I'd really like to work closely with you throughout the year to find creative ways how we can showcase how uh, swords can be beaten to plowshares and, uh, uh, and work together on, on common principles and maintain the rules-based order. And he kindly and graciously uh, welcomed that. So uh, at, uh, every uh, World War II uh, highlight uh, that where we staged an event at the embassy or at the residence, uh, he was there and probably so. Uh, we did uh, uh, a baseball event uh, with them considering our respective countries' love of the game. Uh, and then when uh, Soichi Noguchi uh, was launched with uh, uh, three other Americans uh, in the SpaceX uh, Crew Dragon uh, uh, last uh, fall, we hosted a beautiful event at the embassy with the Japanese community in, in Fiji, again, building bridges. In a way, I think that the United States of America is uh, equipped, uh, I would say in many instances, only equipped to do it. We, we, we have it in our minds and we have it in our hearts and can execute it uh, right down to the uh, rock concerts that, that Scott did, uh, truly, uh, truly Americana. Um, so whether it was food or culture or art, faith, sports, uh, wherever there was an opportunity, I seized it, building bridges, uh, with uh, uh, the, the five island nations that uh, I was accredited to. And uh, again, it, it bore great, uh, great fruit. Um, we, in light of the pandemic, uh, my goal was to get out to all uh, countries uh, uh, once a quarter. Uh, we took to Zoom and we did virtual gatherings. So virtual town halls, first time done. And uh, people were, uh, uh, tickled by it to, to have uh, uh, Chief of Mission uh, with ready access answering questions uh, live to them. Uh, and that uh, set the stage for my uh, eventual successor, the Chargé d'Affaires to continue on until my successor comes, whoever he or she may be. Um, happy to say one of the final things uh, that uh, uh, I, I did uh, uh, was uh, seizing on uh, uh, Secretary Pompeo's uh, authorization of executive level contacts with our, our, our uh, colleagues uh, from Taiwan. Uh, happy to host uh, Jessica Lee uh, at the embassy um, and uh, that evening host her for a meal at the residence and I went to their offices the following day. I think Pete Hookstra and I, as far as I know, were the only two I think that uh, may have done that uh, uh, out of the core, at least publicly uh, anyway. Uh, but we uh, making uh, uh, great use of, uh, of the time there, uh, just a couple of other anecdotes I'll share with you just in terms of raw accomplishments, uh, was able to sign uh, with Tuvalu and Nauru uh, uh, an investment incentive agreement uh, with Fiji, we both the defense cooperation agreement and then the uh, 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 lingering trade investment uh, and uh, framework agreement uh, that uh, began in the Obama administration. Uh, and then with Kiribati, uh, we signed uh, them at, uh, in, in, as a uh, participant in the, with the uh, uh, Millennium uh, Challenge uh, uh, Corporation uh, project. So um, uh, it was a, uh, a very brief uh, but long runway uh, to serve and uh, 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 it was uh, a joy, a blessing, an honor, a privilege to do so. And uh, um, my uh, father served during the Korean War. My grandfather served during the World War I. And uh, an honor to serve in a little bit of a different capacity and fly the flag on behalf of our country. Um, I was the last, uh, I was the first political ambassador since my colleague Osman Siddiqui uh, was there in 1999. He's a good friend. So I will conclude and uh, 
would love to hear any and all questions that you uh, you all may have. Well, thanks, uh, Scott and Joe. Uh, I'll use the uh, uh, ambassador's, I mean, the moderator's prerogative uh, to ask the first couple of questions. Uh, Scott, I want to surprise you. I want to talk, ask you about Antarctica. Uh, Christchurch, uh, New Zealand is, has the International Antarctic uh, Center. Our, uh, uh, the, the U.S. Uh, presence there is uh, supported out of Christchurch. And, uh, uh, and if you could just, uh, I think there's a lot of knowledge uh, in, amongst this group and in Washington about what's going on in the Arctic uh, with Russia and China uh, 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 being very aggressive. But uh, Maybe less knowledge about Antarctica. I think people would enjoy uh, sure. hearing your, your assessment of the uh, situation. Well, first, before I start, A.B., I just want to say, while Joe brought the level of diplomacy to a new level in Fiji, I was called the unorthodox, the uh, unconventional, and the, uh, the uh, uh, difficult ambassador because of that, I would not take no for an answer. So, <laughs> and then the, the, the rock concerts, the triathlons, the, the, you know, just kind of the, the go grab a beer at the rugby game. So a little bit different feel, but, but Joe, you, that's, that's great and good on you for that. Yeah, Antarctica, I, my last cable, it was, a, it was one of the, the, the big cables, the top secret ones, uh, was about Antarctica and what is really going on down there. You have China putting up its sixth base in areas where, quite frankly, there's no reason to have a base and their missions are there not to find, as the charter says, new and different uh, reasons to be there in addressing climate change and, and what's happening in Antarctica. But uh, uh, they're there, I believe, and others believe for a different and more uh, uh, personal parochial uh, reasons to benefit the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, and that's why I think it's imperative that the and National Science Foundation and all the other uh, bases there go and do those unannounced inspections to see what's really going on and vice versa. We can do it as well. As you know, we have McMurdo. We made a 430, I think, million dollar commitment to upgrade McMurdo. We have Scott Base right down the corner. New Zealand's done the very, very same thing and we're doing real work that matters, uh, trying to understand climate, trying to protect those resources. And what China's trying to do is actually see if... Uh, if, we, if there's a weak link and they can go in there and basically do the things that they traditionally do, uh, you know, do illegal fishing, you know, manipulate currency, uh, steal uh, intellectual property, not there, but, you know, look at the natural resources and minerals, the fishing, the, the seabed minerals, the gold, the, the, the platinum, all these other natural resources that are just in virgin territory, they want them. And we need to make sure that we all stick together in that part of the world, because I believe it's the last frontier, it's a virgin frontier, and it's critically important for our in infrastructure and, our, and, and for the protection of, of our world. Uh, there's so much history there that, that we can learn from. I was blessed to be able to work very closely with NSF. It's something that I've had a keen interest in for, forever. And we have a long and strong history, and but not for us and, and other countries uh, that you know are there. Uh, it would be a problem. And, and I think what's going to happen in, in Antarctic is what's similarly happening in the Arctic, where people are pushing those boundaries. And that's why we need to be strong. We need to be unified and we need to be bold and we can't be seen as weak. And that's a real problem. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Scott. Joe, just uh, quickly, uh, uh, the, uh, a couple of the, uh, the countries to which you were accredited uh, have uh, climate challenges, rising sea level challenges, and uh, uh, certainly with throughout Oceania, uh, while, while some countries the landmass is accreting, uh, others it's disappearing, and uh, may, people may even have to be relocated. Well, what did you, uh, how did you talk about that issue to, uh, uh, the, to the, the natives who are concerned about that, and what more in a soft power world uh, way uh, we can do to uh, uh, to work with uh, with uh, the people there to uh, to provide some assistance. Well, uh, AB, as I pointed out, we had uh, uh, I was making up for for lost time as quickly as possible. You know, I took the oath uh, administratively on October of nineteen and uh, accredited to Fiji and the others a couple within the next uh, couple of months after that. So, 
So this is uh, uh, an issue of, of concern um, uh, to all five island nations to varying gradations. Um, they are uh, uniquely impacted. Uh, we did support uh, some climate readiness uh, projects through USAID that uh, were very timely and helpful, uh, providing some critical training in light of a couple of uh, significant uh, cyclones that had, had swept through. Uh, so I, I think that this is uh, this conversation will will continue. Uh, there has uh, a, a little bit of a unique challenge or dynamic that, that uh, uh, Kinabas uh, worked with Fiji to secure land to have uh, uh, set aside for potential evacuees. Um, so uh, that is, is now, uh, subsequent to my departure, uh, that land is now being uh, utilized uh, uh, with uh, Fiji and Kitabas uh, and uh, the PRC for an agricultural. So uh, again, this there is no this is a, a critical time that we uh, have a uh, our presence is, is commensurate with the dynamic there. We we write out the undulations of history, the Cold War, the Middle East, and uh, we uh, uh, the dynamic. Uh, in the Indo-Pacific to maintain free and open Indo-Pacific in the trade uh, and, and, and linked to this is, is this issue. I, I think that uh, we, we need to be wise to uh, others that, that are out there, uh, uh, People's Republic of China uh, uh, and, and their moves they're making to um, uh, through the Belt and Road Initiatives and others uh, to create opportunities and and, uh, and further uh, bind the ties that they have. I do think one thing that if I would say is not given, uh, I think enough attention and it should be is uh, uh, land reclamation done well and properly. Uh, it can work, uh, alas, for some reason in the, in the course of the conversation right now, it, it's not as ripe as I think it should be. And uh, uh, those that I spoke with on the ground are interested in that. I think uh, a shoulder should be put into that. So the other uh, elements that are afoot. Hey, B, can I just jump in real quick? I think it's really important to note that, listen, climate change is real. You see it in the Pacific Island nations. Is it, uh, an, I believe it's a combination of man-made and natural. Uh, but what people also need to understand is uh, for the 10th time this century, the United States has led the world in CO2 reductions with an expanded industrial base with all the growth that we've had. Uh, it, it's still that way. Uh, once again, China and India have led the world in CO2 increases by over 50%. So when you're talking about the good, the good people and the bad people, even New Zealand, respectfully, they're not gonna meet the, uh, the appropriate numbers in the Paris, uh, Paris Accord. Uh, they can't because of, you know, it's just the way it is through all the, the natural, you know, the animal byproducts and, and all, all the other stuff that they're doing. And if we, we need everybody, if we're gonna tackle this, this problem, Everybody, we can't be doing our thing and have China and India and other countries like that, Russia, completely disregarding building these old coal, coal plants, using dirty coal, you know, not caring about all, all our natural resources. And, you know, it's a problem. We need leadership at the top. And, and to, if I could build on what you said, Scott, I think that transparency rules, rules-based order is governed by transparency and uh it's a poverty that when those facts that Scott cited are raised, uh, it, it, there, there's pushback and, and uh, there ought not to be. Uh, uh, Rules-based order, if you're, you're going to have a, a, a table, uh, a seat at the table and a leader leading the way, uh, that those common sense rules, uh, timeless truths and principles uh, ought to be followed and uh, uh, not only with climate change, but uh, but other uh, other areas as well, especially human rights. Uh, Scott, uh, our, our good mutual friend uh, Harry Harris, uh, not surprisingly, uh, would like to hear your comments on the prohibition in New Zealand of U.S. Navy ship visits uh, and the prospects uh, for that to change. Well, obviously, Harry, listen, it's great to you're a good man, you're a great man, you know, being a Obviously, the head of uh, the Indo-Pacific, our fleet there, and you know, visiting you there, and then seeing you with a long mustache uh, at, at our ambassador's <laughs> retreat, and, and completely out of uniform. I'll tell you, uh, it was a shock. Who is that guy? That looks like Harry. 
so, uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. You went totally hippie on us. And, uh, but uh, yeah, listen, it's something that I, I worked on. I worked on back in DC on numerous occasions. And actually we have the Polar Star, which is obviously, you know, some, it's, it's Coast Guard is still a ship. We've had that, that's on a regular basis now. We had the Samson came down and uh, as you know, as a, as a, as a one-off. But yeah, before I left, we had all the agreements done, Harry. They're done. Uh, the New Zealand government wants them. When I left, uh, on two prior uh, 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 head of Navy, uh, two, uh, even, uh, let me see, uh, Admiral Davidson was, was your successor. Every, everybody wanted it. And, but not for COVID, we had a ship all set to go, a gray hull, nice gray hull ready to go. And uh, obviously COVID screwed it up. So that's one regret that I was able to set foot on a, on a gray hull when we were there, but all the, everything is in order. I'm not aware of anything that's going to prohibit it at all. And it was one of the, the accomplishments that I was really proud of. Thanks, Scott. Uh, Joe, uh, Ambassador Sala, uh, Jameson Cunningham, uh, I ask if you could provide any information about reports that China is pursuing a civilian quote unquote airstrip in Kiribati uh, and what uh, and the follow the follow up is what should the US response be? Uh, thanks uh, for the question, uh, Jameson. Uh, uh, again, the other, I guess, uh, development of note uh, since my departure um, is that so uh, uh, Canton uh, uh, island in Kitabas. Uh, we we're aware of uh, 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 PRC's interest. Uh, so again, and in the Indo-Pacific through the Belt and Road Initiative, uh, uh, they uh, have uh, uh, are working on an agreement. I think nearly finalized with Kitabas to um, rehabilitate a strip that we cut uh, there for World War II, Battle of Tarawa, and elsewhere. Um, uh, has functioned more or less as an emergency diversion route. It's a 6,000 foot change runway. They want to upgrade it to 7,000 for civilian use uh, as they work with uh, Kitabas uh, for niche tourism. So uh, we look for openness and transparency. Uh, I'd like to reflect on, you know, when I was a student in college, 1988, I remember reading a Reuters article in the Detroit News how um, uh, we were tracking the Cold War at that time and, and, and all that was afoot, how uh, UNESCO had granted permission for China to build a weather station on Fiery Cross Reef. So uh, transparent, open, seemingly good intentions, but you uh, fast forward now uh, and you have a 10,000 foot runway and other elements of military presence uh, uh, there. Um, so I think you don't need to look uh, too far in the past uh, of things seemingly of good intentions that, that have the prospect of, of uh, uh, taking a, another turn. But we hope and trust in, in, in goodness and transparency. This is uh, all for the good of business and the benefit of all Ikidabas. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I think it has to be uh, handled uh, uh, carefully, cautiously, but, but real and hope it's uh, uh, it is all for the good of, of Kitabas and uh, whatever is done, it's done in a, in a, a transparent manner. Uh, the other thing I just would close on EB is, you know, day one uh, 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 in Suva, uh, December 16th of 19, three things caught my eye. Again, I think just speaking to, um, you know, the, you can't lose your eye on, 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 um, on things. I think you have to be clear and unambiguous. Um, as to what's afoot, um, as we expect of all others in the rules-based order. Uh, there was a, a large tower uh, uh, tower next to the, I thought, what in the world? I mean, this is taller than the embassy. How did that even get constructed there? It's about hundred feet to the left of the main entrance. That That's a, a matter uh, and, 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 and uh, raised it. Uh, so, uh, Sec the second scene saw on the same drive from the airport to the residence was a, a Chinese uh, PRC uh, uh, satellite tracking ship uh, moored in the harbor of Suva. And, uh, and off the, as I pulled in off the front uh, driveway, I see a 40 or 45 
story building uh, built uh, uh, by a, a PRC company um, uh, with an overlook. Uh, it's not finished yet, but uh, looks right over uh, my residence, uh, the embassy residence of Fiji and, uh, and those of other colleagues. So I think we just have to be uh, uh, careful, cautious, uh, and, uh, uh, but not be deterred. Uh, and and uh, again, work to build on our relationships with all island nations that we have long-standing relationships with, common, common principles that are timeless. And there's, a, I would say, a deep and broad reservoir of, of goodwill. Fortunately, with Kitabas, we still have the Treaty of Friendship that is about to be uh, due for renewal. So, A.B., listen, I love Joe, but uh, it's trust but verify. When you have uh, a country, PRC, actually building and militarizing islands, changing the law of the air, law of the sea, international law that's been in place for a couple hundred years in order to gain a tactical advantage uh, so they can do exactly what you're talking about, which is you know, take these strips that we built for what we built them. There's one in Cook. We built it, and we need to be there, and we're not. Uh, our ambassadors are not there. Uh, uh, the State Department uh, funding is not there, and they, yet they have roving ambassadors with, with, with bags That's of right. cash going to these Pacific Island nations and buying their UN boats, buying the, the, the One Belt, One Road initiatives, signing these treaties, and we're there saying, oh, you know, trust and verify, and, you know, we love you, we have this long history, they don't care, they, they don't care, and we have to start playing by, by their rules as well. Not doing anything I, illegal, I, but, but absolutely go and play, you know, dollar for dollar and, 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 and ambassador to ambassador. So, Scott, build, building on yet another of your pearls of wisdom, um, uh, uh, by being real, I, 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 I will see what you said about trust but verify, but it's mistrust but verify. Uh, and Secretary Pompeo uh, spoke to that, as, as uh, you, you both remember, uh, you and A.B. both remember. But uh, Michener's, uh, Michener has a book, Tales of the South Pacific, and there's a quote in that. I'm still making my way through it, but it, 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 uh, I guess it's kind of symbolic of where we were there in the Pacific. But uh, there are tectonic forces of modernity uh, weighing down on these uh, uh, windswept places. Uh, uh, Chinese Communist Party, People's Republic of China are out there doing what they're doing. Um, the, the quote is longer and longer shadows will obscure them until their Guadalcanal distant on their ear, Shiloh and Valley Forge. So while there is that deep, broad reservoir of goodwill, uh, existential challenges exist with these countries. Uh, 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 China has been out there very aggressive for some time, getting more so. And again, it's a poverty, I think, for any administration, either party. The the gap with uh, 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 of a chief of mission, our relations with the countries suffer. Um, the embassy suffers. It's not a good use of taxpayer dollars, and uh, China can do a lot. And uh, uh, we have, you know, there's staff there at the embassy, but a, a chief of uh, mission at the at the helm is uh, is so vital, especially now. I, uh, I'll associate myself with all of those uh, remarks. Uh, Scott, uh, compared to other uh, Five Eyes uh, countries, um, particularly, obviously, the U.S., the Aussies, the, the Brits, but, e but even the Canadians, uh, Prime Minister Hearn has been, uh, shall we say, more modulated and moderate mm -hmm. uh, in calling out uh, malign activities by the PRC government. Uh, uh, What's, what's the explanation for her reticence and uh, what more can we do to, uh, uh, to get her to, uh, uh, to, to join the crowd? Yeah, well, first of all, under Prime, Deputy Prime Minister Winston Peters, he was exceedingly vocal, not only in their right. white papers, but his, in his speeches, his rhetoric, his confrontations. Same with Ron Mark. Ron was fantastic. And now you have a new foreign minister, new government. You had, a, uh, obviously, the Labor Party took over. They, they don't need the Greens. <clears throat> so as a result, they can basically do whatever they want. It's a problem when you have almost all your trade eggs in one basket. You have a Pacific Island nation like New Zealand, which, by the way, for those of you who don't know, they were the first one to recognize China's sovereignty and also welcome them into the WTO uh, in that regard, and also uh, did the first free trade agreement, and now they're doing others. I read today, A.B., that uh, tr to the exclusion of the United States, potentially Australia, uh, Fiji, uh, New Zealand, and others are trying to enter into a like a, uh, a tri 
quadra or five-part uh, uh, treaty with uh, China. And it's just another, another attempt to neutralize us. And here we are, we're kind of asleep at the wheel. And what can we do? It's easy. Uh, we can give them the free trade agreement that we promised them back in, uh, what, 1929? Uh, and the one that I almost had done, uh, I had Lighthizer and others always balking, balking, balking. And then finally we had an opportunity and then COVID hit. We would have had the beginnings of a free trade agreement. Uh, we need to show them that if they want to stand up to China, which I believe they're the only ones that can, because they are the ones that gave them the legitimacy, even though they're a small country, uh, we have to basically be there. We have to we have to give them a free trade agreement. While I was there, I was encouraged. Uh, did a military a deal where they bought uh, five P8s. They're buying uh, six C-130Js. Uh, they're looking for low orbit satellites and a whole host of other things. But now that you have a new new government, when Ron Mark isn't there, you know the the latter may not happen. They got the P8s and the six C-130Js, yeah. but that's huge. So we have to basically just say, yeah, we're here. And we really haven't done that. Thanks, uh, Ambassador Sella. Uh, talk a little bit about vaccine diplomacy. If you if, if you were uh, if you were still at post, what would be your recommendations uh, uh, to uh, to Fiji and the other those other countries? Obviously, uh, uh, that's uh, the vaccines are. Uh, could be used to great effect, but uh, any but the vaccines we ship over there will not go to some other part of the world. But how, how important is it for us to step up in the vaccine diplomacy uh, sector? Yeah. Again, another extension of bridge building, AB, that we used uh, to, to great effect, uh, however we could, whenever we could, while our uh, PPE to the Royal uh, uh, Fiji uh, military forces, or the Republic of Fiji military forces, pardon me, um, uh, uh, th 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 so through, uh, through that, through uh, USAID, uh, we also uh, provided uh, respirators uh, to several of the countries. But again, it is what we have complementing our timeless principles and truths our country is based on. There's an authenticity we have, as I mentioned earlier, it's in our minds and it's in our hearts. Whatever we do, it has unique penetration that I don't think uh, anybody in the world, especially strategic competitors, uh, can do. Um, happy to say that uh, after I left COVAX, uh, we, the ball was rolling on, on COVAX, so Fiji is be beginning to benefit from that. Uh, uh, Australia uh, might work greatly with my uh, counterpart, counterpart there, John Feeks. Uh, they're taking a, a role in uh, in uh, uh, in the distribution of, of vaccines and the payment of them. And I think now President Biden, I think, is committing, I think, a number of doses uh, uh, that I hope and trust will uh, uh, be a part of that uh, that solution. It's 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 a precarious time. I mean, these countries have been locked down since last March, uh, all five of them, uh, excuse me, with the exception of Fiji, some humanitarian uh relief flights and other exceptions have been granted, but uh, they're uniquely challenged in that they have uh, many, uh, just high rates of uh, non-communicable diseases, uh, uh, diabetes, heart disease uh, leading the way. So uh, the sooner uh, that they, that they uh, um, have the vaccines presented for their uh, vaccination, um, uh, I think the, the, the populations will be better protected. Well, we have uh, a few more minutes. Uh, maybe I'll ask uh, both of you if you could give us one example of uh, adroit use of soft power. And I, I know from uh, when uh, in talking to uh, my Australian counterparts, they they would repeatedly caution uh, me that in the Pacific Island countries that the United States sometimes comes in with too big a footprint. We send in a gray ship when maybe a white ship would be better. Uh, that uh, sometimes uh, uh, in a law enforcement exchange, we would send a representative of each of our law enforcement agencies, which uh, so our delegation would exceed the number of police officers in some of these small uh, small countries. So, uh, but but, but uh, you know, we, we tend to beat ourselves up on what we do less well. But uh, if I could ask each of you to talk about something we did particularly well, uh, and end on a high note here. Well, yeah, there's, there's so many things that, that I'm proud of uh, have being part of. Uh, 
uh, in Samoa when Australia uh, needed time to refurbish their ships on the patrolling uh, for illegal fishing and ship riders and all that. Uh, we were able to send down not one but two uh, Coast Guard cutters to help uh, for a two-week stay. That sent, that reverberated hugely, getting the, the citizens on the ships and, and show, showing that we were there. It, it still reverberates positively. Uh, in, in a new way, uh, simple, simple as rebuilding the dock that we built way back when that allows them to bring goods in uh, and clean out these old gas tanks and, and cook, uh, refurbishing the airfield in New Zealand, you know, being there in the event of a crisis with Christchurch, you know, that soft power of, as I say, the rock and roll diplomacy, bringing people from all walks of life and neutralizing the rhetoric. Uh, and then, you know, finding solutions to get deals done. Uh, it, it's, it's critically important. So anything we can do, because we, we have what's called shared common values with all of our neighbors down there. And that supersedes any efforts by any other country. Uh, that long and strong history of, of commonality uh, is something that we, we, quite frankly, I believe, don't take advantage of. And that's why I believe that President Biden should have the tools he needs to represent uh, his team in our country in these very, very difficult areas. Joe? So we were fortunate to have uh, the USS Kimball Coast Guard Cutter um, uh, come into port for a few days. Uh, and uh, again, during the pandemic, protocols had to be followed, but uh, uh, that was uh, uh, what, uh, uh, as far as soft power uh, mill, quasi-mill, they, they were patrolling the region, and uh, uh, while their uh, Operation Cartwheel was uh, unfortunately canceled due to the pandemic, uh, so... Uh, but again, uh, when we were all together at the um, Chiefs of Mission Conference, you may remember when we were together, I spoke of the importance, you know, while, while things were sort of frozen, it was important, I think, to drive our, our bus into this lot, park it, hoist the flag, and really with great set about creative, aggressive things, aggressive in a good way, smart ways uh, of building bridges, a couple of things that I'll cite that that uh, really bore great fruit. Um, inspired by, I think the uh, there was a quintet uh, down in I think it was Indonesia and Thailand, and and they would huddle. So uh, uh, I worked with allies and partners, uh, plus the five eyes, uh, a couple of others plus the five eyes that we had there, um, and uh, one of them uh, pulled me aside. Uh, more significant partners and and he said it's it's really great that you're doing this never been done you know you're the world power uh you have the world power is a unique role and uh uh thank me and and uh for 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 taking the initiative so that that uh sets the stage for my colleagues uh to continue on and and uh, my eventual successor the other thing that we did was uh uh Create uh, I launched a Fiji Forward Business and Economic Roundtable in the midst of the pandemic. They're dominated by tourism. It's been shut down largely for over a year now, 45% of their economy. And uh, it was an amazing effect. People just wanted to talk and hear and some small deals uh, uh, were born out of it and uh, lines of communication with the U.S. and trade opportunities. And uh, it was a, really a, a blessing and a joy to see, and I underestimated this, uh, uh, A.B. and Scott, how the convening power uh, that the embassy has, that the United States embassy has, and it's something that nobody else does. So the more that our future successors can do of that with regularity, uh, with large numbers, I, I think the better. One other note that I'll, I'll close on involves the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, my colleague Steve McGann uh, was there to open the uh, embassy in 2010, and uh, due to some political reasons in Fiji and, and what have you, and I think the, the, the gap didn't help, the Fiji prime minister hadn't been to the U.S. embassy uh, since it opened, and uh, uh, happy to say I made the pitch to him to come and we'll have a Super Bowl party and honor you. And, uh, and he came, he spent all day and enjoyed some nice food and uh, American football uh, and uh, presented him with, uh, uh, he has a trade office in, in, in uh, now has a uh, trade office in, in 
uh, San Francisco, I pr presented him a, a Joey Garoppolo uh, jersey and hat. To, that yeah, it's Jimmy. Played. It's Jimmy. Nice Sorry. try. Jesus, creepers, creepers, killing me. Former New England Patriot. <laughs> I gave I I gave the prime ministers of both countries New England Patriots jerseys with their names on it. So there. <laughs> You're welcome for Tom Brady coming from the University of Michigan. It's all right. He's a good man. I love go Gronk, go Brady. Well, on that uh, high note, and uh, I want to thank, uh, on behalf of the council and the audience, I want to thank uh, Ambassador Brown and Ambassador Sala for a really terrific uh, presentation. I, I know from just uh, same in the neighborhood, of course, nothing is really close over there. You, you, people talk about New Zealand or Fiji like it's next door. Or they're pretty far away in terms of elapsed time if you try to travel. But I, I, it was my uh, uh, rare privilege and uh, pleasure to work with both of you and I think uh, all, I join in everyone in giving you a round of applause for the terrific uh, presentation. Well, thank you. Thank you everybody for participating. Look forward to connecting for real soon. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, thank Jocelyn. You. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.